and welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, and I am so thrilled to have our next guest with us. I, I first met him virtually back in 2020 during the pandemic. Uh, as many of you know, I also operate folkmusicnotebook.com, and we had a little series called Shelter in, in Place Showcase, and and Reggie uh, sent in a submission, and I was blown away. I had, I have to admit, I had not heard Reggie's music before, and I was just so enthralled with what what he what he does. Um, he sent me a couple of his albums, which we've been playing, and he now has a brand new album out, uh, a very powerful album called York's Lament and Other Stories. And I am so happy that he could be with us today from. Uh, his uh, home in Seattle, Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, actually, we are in, we're in Olympia now. We moved from Seattle, from Seattle to Olympia just about a year ago. <laughs> well, you, you keep moving. Well, well, Reggie Garrett is with us. And Reggie, I, I, again, I, I thank you for being here today. And uh, I'll tell you, you, you move around a lot. You were originally from Ohio, then uh, traveled around, went to school in Albany. I know you, you spent some time in Brooklyn and who knows where else you've been you keep moving but you've been part of the seattle and now the olympia music scene for for a couple of decades you perform i don't know if primarily in the northwest is uh is the right way to say it but uh a lot of your work takes place there as a musician yeah primarily in the northwest i moved to seattle god 30 30 35 years ago maybe even longer than that and i can't remember. and sometime in the 80s uh -huh. uh, and was in Seattle for a number of years, uh, was in and out of a couple of different bands, uh, and at a certain point started doing my own stuff acoustically solo and with a small acoustic group that I put together. And that has kind of been the bulk of my musical endeavor. Yeah, for a few decades, you're right. And then uh, we just decided to leave Seattle and move to Olympia a little bit slower pace, quieter, just about a year ago. Oh, well, glad you're enjoying it. It seems like it's uh, agreeing with you. And it certainly gave you an opportunity to uh, sit down and record this album, which I, I guess started during the pandemic. Uh, the album is called York's Lament and Other Stories, and it, it really explores uh, various aspects of uh, Black life in America. Um, I, I've listened to some of your other recordings. I played some of your other music. And you know, you, you you do a lot of different genres of music, but this album is more focused on on this theme. How how did you come to to create it? Well, um, you're right. It started during the pandemic. I had a friend up in Seattle, uh, Amanda, who had a project. She she has this fascination with death for some reason. Don't ask me why. I, I didn't delve into it too much. But, but she she got a grant to put together a, a project with musicians doing songs related to death, themes about death in the Northwest. And the assignment that I chose was York, who was the, uh, the personal servant of, of Captain William Clark of the Lewis and Clark expedition. And the question that was posed was, after everything he'd gone through, was it a kind of death for York to, to go home again, you know, and, and everything that he encountered once he got back. And, you know, I researched it. I read all, I, I had this fascination with Lewis and Clark anyway. And so I researched it and I wrote this song. Uh, had it kind of sitting out there, it was pretty well received. But as time went on, I realized that a lot of the stuff that I'd been writing through the pandemic had to do with being black. You know, one way or another. Uh, songs about me, songs about members of my family, historical figures, some fictional characters. And the thought just hit me, you know, well, this has been sort of crowding in on me for a while. Why don't I just do the album? You know, just just theme it that way. And so I collected all the songs I had, wrote a few more, called through some. There were some that didn't make it. It could have been a double album at a certain point, but I just couldn't afford that and had to get rid of some and then decided to push it other way. But it was funny because when you talked about moving down here to Olympia, uh, that past year was a bear of a year because we spent the year house hunting, selling our house, buying the house in Olympia, moving from Seattle to Olympia, one city to another, and me trying to finish and produce this album all at the same time. Wow. <laughs> and, I finally, and I'm too old for this. I finally got it done 
sometime last fall and then just started the process of producing the thing and getting it out there. So wow. that's the story behind York. It, it's it's an amazing album. And you know, I, I I think it's an important album, too, because, you know, we hear so much in the news these days about what's happening in our schools, you know, that the history that's being hidden, I think, from, from many students or being taken away from students. And on your album, uh, York's Lament and Other Stories, you, you bring up a lot of historical aspects that I think people would not have been aware of. Like, I, I had not known the story of York uh, until I heard your song. And uh, you know what, why, why don't we play the song right now? And then we're gonna come back. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about this a little more. So let's, this is the title cut, York's Lament from Reggie Garrett. still alive to have a thing to see that blue sky and to know the world don't care when you suffer and cry that you've died inside It's a hell of a thing to roam this mysterious land And to have an adventure so big and so grand When those red folks rubbed my skin so hard with that sand I sacrificed my blood to this brand every day and I saved their lives in so very many ways you know the people could have killed us if they'd had their way but they feared me and my black supernatural Shining sea 
was York's Lament from Reggie Garrett, the new album, York's Lament and Other Stories. Reggie is with us today from his uh, home in Olympia, Washington. And, you know, I was saying before we, we played this about uh, learning history, um, learning stories that sometimes people don't want us to know. Uh, so that's why I think it's important for, the, for these kind of albums to come out. Is that, Was that part of your reasoning behind doing this album? Well, actually, it was. Uh, yeah. Like I said, there were there's several songs in that have to do with historical figures, and one of the things about me is I'm I've been fascinated by history for years and years and years. I you know through school I never liked it. I could not stand history. I really couldn't. And when I was living in New York, for a number of reasons, I became aware of this history book by Barbara Tuckman called A Distant Mirror, which I, you know, it was on the bestseller list, which blew me away because I couldn't, why would somebody buy a history book if they didn't have to? <laughs> that didn't make any sense. But I thought, well, okay, I bought it and I read it and it was fascinating. I ended up reading just about everything she wrote and then by other historians, because there must be other good historians, I did nothing but read history for about three or four years and just soaked it up and then started to move into issues of Black history, particularly in this country. And what struck me was our experience is so interwoven into the history of this country, but we are rarely, if ever, taught that, mm -hmm. anything about it. I mean, I, it, I, I was fascinated when I found out about the Buffalo Soldiers, you know, outside of the Bob Marley song. You know, I read about the Buffalo Soldiers. Turns out that, you know, we we usually don't learn that we have much to do with the history of this country, but I found out that the Buffalo Soldiers had a lot to do with fighting in the Indian Wars. So on the one hand, here I'm proud because we actually had something to do with the history of this country, but on the other, you know, what we were doing to the Native American population, but then also that when that phase was over, they were shipped and fought in the Spanish-American War, you know, with Teddy Roosevelt and from what I understand, and I may be wrong, somebody can correct me, pretty much pulled his behind out of the sling on San Juan Hill, which he took the credit for and became president. But you know, just the fact that there's so much about our history that's intertwined in the history of this country that we're never taught about. So I just went on a mission to try to find out about people. Sure. And, and, and the song we just heard, York's Lament, uh, York, who, as I admitted, I had not heard of him before, but you know, he was... We might not have known about Lewis and Clark if it wasn't for, for York, because I understand at one point he saved his life uh, from drowning and none of the other members of the expedition knew how to swim. And and then <laughs> yes. the sad the sad story when he came back, um, how he was treated. Uh, and these are the kind of stories that I think people do need to hear more of. Yeah, when he came back, all he wanted was his freedom, you know, based on the service he'd given to the country, to the nation. And Clark was so incensed that he'd had the, the gall to ask for such a thing that he sold him to another slave owner. Mm. And he eventually did get his freedom, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's other songs on here as well that, that deal with it. Um, in fact, why don't, we, why don't we play another one now? Uh, the song Stagecoach Mary, uh, again, another woman who's part of the Old West that uh, I don't think people have talked too much about. 
how, how, how did you learn about Stagecoach Mary? Well, that came as a part of my Lewis and Clark obsession. Uh, I ran into, at a certain point, my wife and I were traveling, and we came across a, a project that Maya Lin had done. And Maya Lin, the, the woman who was the artist who designed the Vietnam Memorial that was so controversial in D.C., but she got involved with this thing called the Confluence Project that had to do with Lewis and Clark and their journey through the Northwest, but also the confluence of the rivers and the cultures that came together, the Native American culture with European cultures, all of that stuff rolled in. And when I found out about it, I thought, I want to go around and see all of these sites that she did, because there were a bunch of them. So we made a trip. We designed a trip and we drove up through Washington into Idaho, Montana, down again into Oregon around and just traced a circuit and went to every one of those sites. Going through Montana up in Lolo Pass at the visitor center, I saw this book. And the book had a picture of Mary Fields on the cover. She's there with her gun, you know, in her skirts, this strong looking black woman. And it grabbed me because it looked like a picture of my grandmother that I remembered from when I was a little kid. You know, I, I was just drawn to this book. So I got it. And black women in the Old West. So I bought the thing and I read all about her and all these other amazing black women who accomplished incredible things in the West. But she was the very first one. And what struck me was she didn't take anything from anybody ever. She ended up driving stagecoaches for the U.S. mail, you know, among other things. And her story is just a fascinating one. Um, so I wrote, the, I had to write this song. So high, I whisper my goodbyes. Farewell, whipping tree. Farewell, this misery. When I hear music tonight, and that big old paddle wheels inside, and now I'm steaming. Northward bound There ain't no need for me To stick around Oh I sail on my way Looking for a brighter day You know the sacred sisters took me in where they seemed a little worried about my sins you know they always asked me why but they never ever ever killed my sense of pride well I did everything they asked me to but I was just passing through and now I'm headed westward bound There ain't no need for me to stick around Oh, I ride on my way Looking for a brighter day
drive my stage most every day Feel all the miles just melt away Peace maker by my side You just never know where devilment abides All through the past just like a breeze Well I fly along so free And I see trouble up the road Well, they're gonna reap just what they sow So I fly on my way Looking for a brighter day Now when you hold it to the light Well, three-fifths of living it just ain't right Will I fear no woman and no man And I always, always do the best I can Well, now I know what's true We're all just passing through And I don't know where I'm bound Just a wheel spinning around and around So I roll on my way Looking for a brighter day And that was Stagecoach Mary from Reggie Garrett. Brilliant new album called York's Lament and Other Stories. Reggie is with us today as we as we look at this album. And uh, Reggie, as I, I go through the, the songs on here, I mean, it was you have 12 songs. It was hard to decide which ones to, to, to play today. We could have spent all three hours of my program playing this, but... Um, yeah, you know, it's a reflection, uh, as it says in the in, in the press release, uh, of the various aspects of Black life in America, and some of them are very personal. You you have a song on here about your 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 brother, who unfortunately um, succumbed to drug addiction. Um, I, I, I guess as you were putting this together, so many different sources. How did you come up with the cohesive way to tie all these songs together. I mean, it's about black life, but it's about so many different aspects of it. Well, I guess the first thing I'd say is, you know, thank you for that. I wasn't at all sure that it was very cohesive. I mean, I, I described what we were all going through while I was doing this thing. So in a lot of ways, I felt like I was flying by the seat of my pants, you know, like, okay, I'll include this. No, I can't include this. Okay, this goes before that. No, that doesn't make sense. You know, I can't I have to put this one in. I can't leave it out. And so in the end, I don't know how I finally decided what to include, what not to include, whatever order. But um, some of them just did feel like they, they should go in there. And the one about my brother, Kevin, um, I, I, I couldn't leave that one out. I, I don't know why. I just decided that he really deserved to be heard from, too. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a story. It's obviously a, a personal story for you, but it's it's something that I think a lot of people have experienced. Um, and I think more songs need to be heard about the Kevins of this world. Um, but I, I guess at the same time, you know, you, you're saying he needs to be heard, but has to be difficult for you to share something that personal. You know, I'd say in the beginning, it definitely was. And from time to time, it still is. What, what struck me the most about it was when my sister called me and told me, mostly I was angry. You know, I, I was really angry at him. And I was angry because I wished that he had called me. You know, I, 
he was in LA and I would have dropped everything to just like fly or drive just to get down there, you know, and, but it was too late, you know, and, and the thing that, that really got to me was that we had sort of been on the outs a little bit for a while and we were sort of finally coming back together. It seemed to me that our relationship had really gotten to a good point, you know, like him with me and all of the rest of the family. And then all of a sudden we heard about this. So I just, you know, have to wonder what he was going through behind the scenes, you know, what, and I know some of the things that he was sort of suffering with and having to deal with in his life. You know, it, I don't think his life was, was very, very easy, mm-hmm. but, but I miss him. You know, I really sure. miss him. Well, uh, I, I thank you for writing this because I think, as I said, other people who are going through similar situations, I, I think the feelings that you shared in that song are something that are going to touch others. And, you know, you, you mentioned about being angry when you heard it, but in your songs, I, all of your songs, I, I don't feel that anger coming out. You approach these very difficult subjects with compassion uh, and you open up dialogue for people to think about, you know, you don't approach it with like, okay, you're not, you're not beating us over the head with some of these issues, but you're, you're just telling a story, sharing how you feel. And I think I I understand you had uh, some experiences as a teacher. I assume that probably is a way that you kind of evolved that into your songwriting and, and your approach to creating these subjects. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I did teach for a long time. You know, uh, I taught at the high school level for a little bit in, in private institutions, but I finished my career teaching um, in a special program at a local community college it's for kids who had dropped out of school and decided they really needed to get back in school and they couldn't get into the public school system. So we had this program where they'd come in and I teach them how to be college students. And if they passed my class, they could go on to get their AA degree and the state would pay for it. You know, there's counseling services and all kinds of things to help make sure that they could succeed. Uh, But one of the things I did all through that entire time was on Friday, I always had this thing called Friday second half discussion, because I thought we need to learn how to talk to each other. I mean, we, we, we do that and we're not given those examples. I mean, I watch TV and I see on news shows and sports shows, people yelling at each other and who can talk loudest, you know, but nobody listens and thinks about it. So I had this rule and that was we would talk about anything because this is college after all, anything, but you had to listen to people. You could not interrupt them. If you disagreed, you couldn't make it personal. You never attacked the person. You'd say, you know, that's interesting. Maybe that's what it was like for you. But for me, it's like this. And I just really, really tried to push to get people to listen and understand and hear each other. Yeah. And then, you know, then things can happen. But if everybody's yelling, if you yell at somebody, you know, when that comes at you, the first thing you do is put up a wall to protect yourself and nothing gets through. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. I, I wish people on social media would follow that advice because uh, that's I what it seems. That's a lost cause. <laughs> oh, we're, we're talking today with Reggie uh, Garrett, who's got this. Uh, I, I'm just astounded by the album "York's Lament" and other stories. Uh, you know, I know it's only March, but I, I can see at the end of the year there's going to be this album is going to appear on a lot of best of albums of the year because uh, it, it's it's something that, that's needed at this time. Uh, it's learning history and it's also learning your your beautiful art. Um, I, I love your guitar work and uh, I, I love your voice. Uh, how, how did you get involved with music? Was it something that you were doing with since, since childhood? I mean, uh, acoustic music is uh, is not always easy, but uh, you you really have a flair for it. We uh, in my family, music music was always around from the time we were little kids, as far back as I can remember. We always listened to music. My parents always had the radio on, playing records. When we were very, very young, and I mean really young, I remember my mother brought home this bag of albums and let each of us choose our own. And I remember I chose The Blue Danube by Montavani. You know, I think I was like this big. 
but but I played the Blue Danube. My sisters played their records. We just always loved music. My grandmother sang in gospel choirs in church, and when we were little, we sang in children's choirs in church. My sisters and I, when we were young, we listened to the radio and we learned songs, and then we would make up our own harmonies to them. There was just always music around. My father liked jazz. My mother liked gospel and soul. And when we grew older. My older sister got into soul. I got into rock, uh, then jazz. Uh, it, it was kind of a special thing because I remember my father worked a lot. And when he'd come home late at night uh, after we'd all gone to bed, he'd usually make himself some sort of a treat meal, you know, and he'd play his jazz records. And if you woke up and you came downstairs, if he's in a good mood, you know, he'd let you sit there with him and have some of his treat and listen to jazz. So, you know, got into that just... I was always into music. In high school, I got a guitar, started learning, got into bands. Um, in college, I was in a band. Since then, I don't know, I've just always played. And, and I, I, I got the, the acoustic guitar because I didn't want to take my electric to college with me. I always wanted to have something to play. So I just started playing more acoustic from that angle. And it just stayed constant all the way through. I, there's a great story that you have about how you you got that uh, first guitar, your your first really good guitar. Would, uh, would you like to share that with us? Sure, <laughs> I, I will say though it, it wasn't it wasn't a really good guitar, but it was the first like you know, decent guitar. <laughs> right, right. But, I, but I, I was living in New York, and I was living in a loft with a good friend of mine, and uh, I got my tax return back for that year. And so I had this wad of money and I thought, okay, I should do something with this, like put it in savings or invest it or something. And I talked to my mother and she said, you know, you've been using these old beater guitars all your life. Why don't you buy yourself a, a good guitar? And I thought, oh, you know, that hadn't occurred to me. So I went and I looked and I looked all over and tried a bunch. And then I ended up buying this, this Washburn guitar. And I brought the thing home. I remember being terrified on the way home because I had this thing on the subway and I'm holding people are going to rip me off. You know? <laughs> I got home and I took it out and I started playing. And I was supposed to go to a concert that night, but I decided not to. Somehow I just kept playing. And long about uh, maybe three or four in the morning, I remember sitting around and I was thinking about all these possibilities for songs. You know, you know this great idea for a song. Wow, this would be a great song. Somebody should write that, you know. Boy, that'd be a great song. I wonder why somebody didn't write that, you know. And I'm doing that for a while, and all of a sudden, this voice said, "Well, why don't you write it?" Yeah. Like, oh, it had never in my life occurred to me that I could be a songwriter or should be one. And so I wrote my first song that night, and kind of, which nobody will ever hear again in life. <laughs> but, it, it was a start. <laughs> writing, yeah. Uh, well, you've got some great new songs on on this album, and, and I'd like to share another one now. Um, now, this is uh, called A Woman's Work is Never Done, and I think it's important also, you know, this is March, which is uh, Women's History Month, um, but this really tells a story. It's also sort of a personal story for you and your family. Yeah, uh, it started from a book I read, uh, Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. Uh, I'm a member of this thing called, well, have been the Bushwick Book Club, and they assign books every month and assign a bunch of songwriters to write songs based on that book, like their experience of it or a character or the plot or however you relate to the book. Uh, this book blew me away because what struck me was, you know, she was so prescient about where the country was headed. You know, it's about this dystopian future, which in a lot of ways seems like things that are going on now and where we could be headed. Uh, and the main character was this young woman who, because of a tragedy, had to leave home and go north for a better life. The story was if you could make it to Washington or Oregon or Vancouver, things were safer and better there. So she headed north. And along the way, she ended up sort of collecting a bunch of people with her that she became responsible for. And what struck me was just the image of all these people headed north for a better life, which made me think about the Great Migration when so many Black folks left the South and came north for better lives, which made me think about my grandmother and my mother who came up 
Uh, so I kind of, in my mind, rolled those three women into one. And that's what I was thinking about when I wrote this song, A Woman's Work Is Never Done. Well, I've seen people leaving everything they've known All those burned and shattered homes Place their weary feet up on that dusty road Heading way up north to find Well, who knows I carry a heavy load just like any man pain of everybody in my hands Make sure everyone around me is safe and sound No, I just ain't got no time to mess around It didn't take me so very long to see It's all left to me And on this journey As we travel on and on It seems a woman's work Is never done Well, I've got people Waiting for me way up there You gotta come on up here and breathe this free air Is it the land of milk and honey? Well, I just can't say But child, you know in this place we just can't stay We took some time off to sojourn in the park Boy, don't you let them catch you around here after dark Sat down to rest myself in the noonday sun But all they say is you folks just better keep moving on It didn't take me so very long to see All up to me And on this journey As we travel on and on It seems a woman's work Is never done To pull a gun and point that death at me and all my loved ones. When the time for talking fades to gray, heaven, you best get out of my way. Heaven, help any fool. Who comes around Trying to keep me from that place I'm bound When the nighttime fires spread their awful glow Heaven, you know 
journey to be free I see their bodies burned and hanging from the tree The baby's crying so I soothe her with my song Cause tomorrow we gotta keep A Woman's Work is Never Done. That's Reggie Garrett. New album, York's Lament and Other Stories. Reggie's with us today. Uh, Reggie, you, you have some, some nice accompaniment on the album, too. Uh, you want to tell us about some of the artists that uh, performed with you with on, on this recording? I, um, I always considered that I've been lucky in um, that very good musicians seem to think that I'm worthwhile. <laughs> worth worth their time so so i got i managed to get some pretty good people the, the core of it would be my band the snake oil peddlers richard middleton who is a phenomenally great guitarist and piano player who's like should be a whole lot better known as a musician in the northwest but richard who's played with me for years uh keith Lowe on bass who's a phenomenally great bass player will dowd that's the world renowned will dowd on drums and those are sort of the core of it. But for this album, because of the move and the upheaval and everything that was going on, the, the pandemic, I ended up asking lots of different people to contribute. You know, one of the best is Wayne Horvitz, the great, great jazz pianist who lives up, you know, in the Northwest with his wife, Robin Holcomb, who is also a phenomenally great, you know, musician. Uh, he plays on a woman's work. Let's see, Alex Guy on violin on one of the tracks on Stagecoach Mary, I think. Uh, let's see, Paul Benoit, who was my original guitarist in the Snake Oil Peddlers years ago and has gone on and played with a number of other people. Joel Litwin on the drums, who plays around the Northwest. 
for a while, primarily with Aaron Corday. Uh, Vicki Beckman, who is a, known around the world as a recorder player in the classical world. And at one point when I did a Christmas song, you know, which I wanted to post to YouTube during the pandemic, I just started asking people if they'd contribute. And I got in touch with the Recorder Society and, you know, asked her, could she recommend somebody? She was a president. So I figured, you know, she's way up there. She's, she's, and she said, well, I'd like to do it, which knocked me over. <laughs> and so I've worked with her a few times since, just a, a number of people who, who have contributed to this thing. Uh, well, you, you, you've managed to collect a, a wonderful group of artists and it just really showcases your talent as both a songwriter, guitarist, and of course, a, a vocalist. Um, you know, I know it's not on this album, but I remember early, one of the early albums that you sent me. Oh, 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 before, I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry, oh. I forgot. I, I have to mention Ben Hunter. Ben Hunter, okay. who's a great old school violinist, fiddler, and mandolin player and banjo. And Ben might have been the start of it because he's the one who I asked to do violin for York's Lament way back when. And when he did that, that just kind of threw down the gauntlet. It, it laid out the, you know, the baseline for what I had to do from that point on. Right. Well, you know, I was going to say also, you know, some one of your earlier albums, you, you did a recording of Angel from Montgomery, which I think is the best version I have ever heard of that song. Um, you, you, you know, you've, you've got a way of... Um, Projecting these songs and, and telling a story uh, through each of your, whether it's original or whether it's somebody else's music and making it your own. That's, uh, you know, I, I, I always question myself, why didn't I know about this guy until 2020? I mean, <laughs> do you tour a lot in the, in the East Coast? I mean, you haven't really, I don't think I've seen your name coming up around. I, I haven't toured a lot in the East Coast. Uh, years back, I, I played a lot, mostly on, around the West. Uh, you know, up into Canada, a little bit down into California, but I got east maybe once, just to do a couple of showcases, and I got to the Midwest for a, a residency that I did, and we played some shows around there. But really, haven't moved out of the West all that much. Uh, well, I, I hope this new album gets you a lot of attention all across North America, because uh, you're definitely somebody that, that that more people should be listening to. Uh, Reggie, I, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today, and congratulations again on this, this wonderful album. Uh, I, I want to end with a, a song called Fly Away, which uh, I found very moving. Um, could you tell us a story about this? Um, at a certain point, my niece uh, had, a, had a son, her newborn, Luca, and we were talking, and she liked my music, and at a certain point she said, I'd like you to write a song for my son, you know, sort of write something that will help him to understand the world that he's coming into. And so I thought about that. And I remember thinking, you know, well, the world he's coming into is not going to be all peaches and cream. You know, there's good, there's bad. And I talked with uh, some of my family members, my older sister, who, who reminded me of a time that when we were very young, my father took us to go swimming at a pool and they wouldn't let us in because we were black. I hadn't remembered that, but what she didn't remember was a story I told her about when my parents took us to the local, or we wanted to go to the local amusement park, and we were really pestering my parents to take us, you know, because let's go, let's go. And my mother finally said, well, we can't go today. And I was like, why? And she said, because colored people are not allowed there today, which, you know, if you're only that big, you know. I don't, I don't even know how you begin to process that. It didn't make sense to me. It's like, what? And so I thought about all of those kinds of things. And that's what Fly Away is about. You know, not, not just being Black, but also being, you know, female and spreading out to anything else when you are forbidden to cross that line for because of whatever the, you know, the line that's been drawn. Yeah, and it seems they're trying to draw more lines again these days when it's when you think you're moving one step forward it's two steps back and it's uh yes. it's a shame well, well reggie I, I your music gives us hope gives us some things to think about it opens up discussion and uh i i can't wait for what your next album is going to be i bet you're already working on some songs you said you almost had a double album for this so <laughs> could we expect something again in the future or 
Well, you can definitely expect something again in the future. I'm not sure when. My wife is kind of happy that I'm not holed up doing this all the time right now. So it might be a, a little while before I get back to the next one. We, we understand completely. Uh, Reggie, again, thank you for being with us today. And uh, I hope you get back east. And uh, I'd love to see you in person one of these days. So thanks again for joining us today on Traditions. Well, thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And now here's Reggie and a song from York's Lament and Other Stories, the song Fly Away. They said there's no way Your kind's not allowed today So fly away, you must fly When they told her, don't you even try Fly away, you must fly away Back to where you belong We've climbed all our lives Through pain and strife And heartache and promises broken Lies that were spoken to keep us all Other kinds need not apply Fly away, you must fly 